0: 差不多了
1: Franchisography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we are continuing our mini series on the Spy Kids franchise with the first sequel released in 2002. We are talking Robert Rodriguez's Spy Kids 2 The Island of Lost Dreams. And we have a guest. Joining us to talk about digital photography, animal hybrids, and Team Rocket is fellow podcaster and our first returning guest, Sam Gash.
2: Hi, everybody. It's incredibly nice of you to have me back. So Sam, you, you're you a big part of the
1: Twitter campaign to, <laughs> to get Spy Kids in the winner's circle. So talk about your history with the Spy Kids franchise.
2: I mean, the honest truth is that I haven't spent that much time with it. Like I, I saw all the... I guess the original three since there's the new Netflix one, which I have not seen. I saw them all in theaters when I was a kid. Uh, I was, I did a little bit of research and, and the lead actress is like a month and a half younger than me. So like I was exactly the right age for these movies when they came out. So I loved them. I remember seeing Spy Kids 3D and it was like the first movie I saw with 3D glasses and it was awesome. And then I saw Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Like I was in for this and like, but I saw them in theaters and then I never watched them again. And it's just like one of those things that I just have like this fond memory of, oh yeah, Spy Kids, that's so fun. And I always like when like Spy Kids memes come up or something. But yeah, it was a fun franchise from my youth and it doesn't get talked about a lot. And I, I really wanted to have a podcast about something I like was familiar with, but knew nothing about.
1: It is something that I think a lot of millennials have in the back of their brains. Maybe because the imagery is so singular, but it was also like this thing that came out and had McDonald's toys, so like everybody knew about it. Scott, before I get into behind the scenes like history, before we get into the walkthrough, I would love to just hear your overall impressions of of the second. You know, because I like like we said, you're watching all these for the first time.
2: Oh,
3: yeah. So this is the one that I remember the trailer for the most. Mm, um, I I feel like this one was very very heavily marketed, whereas like. I don't remember the trailers for Game Over. I remember there's a lot of moments of this where I was like, oh, that was in the trailer. That was in the trailer. That was in the trailer. And then I watched the trailer again. I was like, oh, my God. I remember seeing this trailer (laughs) so much. Because, I mean, I just think that they they like really, really uh, put some marketing muscle behind this one. You know, I, I, it's not as good as the first one. I think it's not as well thought out as the first one. I think it's fine. Like it's good. Like it's solid. I think it's fun. I like that that Robert Rodriguez is like playing with what is that, Harryhausen? Right, right on the money. Yeah, we'll definitely get it, into it. Yeah, yeah. Like it, 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 I, I noticed it this time. I think when I was younger, I was just like, what is this shitty CGI? But then watching it now, I was like, oh, I see what he's doing. Okay, yeah, that's cool.
2: Part of it was Claymation, right? Or it was all CGI?
3: I think it's all CGI made to look like Claymation, right? Oh, okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, okay. That was just my guess. Good guess. But in general, like, I think this is really fun. I think a lot of the cameos are really fun. How often can you ever see Mike Judge in a lead role? That's weird. Even if I, (laughs) I, in my opinion, watching the movie, I was just like, this should be Patrick Warburton.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. How have those two... Energies never melded. Patrick Baldwin yeah. and Robert Rodriguez.
3: Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. But well, yeah, I this judge, guy, Honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, true. I was very excited at the beginning because I was like, "Oh, is this about a theme park?" It's not. Oh, no. yeah. I definitely want to talk to you about yeah, yeah. making yeah. Land or whatever. That's yeah. Me. So I was a, I was a little bummed out about that, <laughs> yeah, uh, but course. it did it did come back out back at the end. So it had some like I, theme park bookends. That's fun. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban, so great. Oh yeah! I'm um, so great to see him. That was exciting. Uh, I'm wondering if we meet Gregorio's parents at some point, or if they're—I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know.
1: I don't know whether to answer that or like leave you. I like that you haven't like stuff you want to see in the third one. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
3: that's true. But yeah, I mean, you know, overall, I don't think it's as good. I think I have a lot of notes once we start getting into the breakdown about how they could have made made some slight tweaks, kept the story basically the same, but improved it, I think.
2: Yeah, I have those notes, too.
3: But he also turned the whole movie around in like less than a year or something like that. Right. So it's like, yeah, ah, what, what, what can you do? <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So, yeah, Spy Kids 1 came out in March of 2001. This came out in August of 2002.
3: Okay, a little more than a year. Yeah. Cool. How,
1: how Rodriguez is able to accomplish that, we'll definitely get into. But first, my overall thoughts, I actually didn't see this in theaters. I remember renting it when it came out oh. on 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 DVD because it was just about what your parents took you to back then. Like, sure. You know, oh, I already saw a movie in June or August or whatever. So like that can't I can't get two movie visits in one month. You know, <laughs> know what I mean? Remember that? life? Yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh so, oh, so well, so well. <laughs>
1: So I miss this in theaters. So I remember this the least of the trilogy three. I remember really well because like three came out right when I was in my big video game phase where I had a PS2. So <laughs> three was like literal, literal candy to me, uh-huh. but we'll, we'll get into it. So I remember this one the least. And I actually think Scott and Sam and listeners that I, I think this is better than the first one. Oh, interesting. This, this maybe because my expectations were low, but like the imagination of this one, I think like the cast, their their back and forth is even better in this one. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of cool family stuff. Mm-hmm. And the through line I really appreciate of kind of like the 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 theme of the movie is that it starts out very technical and then gets very natural. Uh-huh where Mm -hmm. it's front loaded with really cool gadgets and then it becomes like a mysterious island Ray Harryhausen adventure. And they have to like get like they, the arc of they have to earn their gadgets back in act three. I really, I just really appreciate it. And I think it was a fun story, but also a fun story is how this movie got made. One thing I've learned about Robert Rodriguez is that, and I don't think he's the only filmmaker that this applies to, but you get the sense that whatever film he's working on is like a test run for the next movie. It's not a surprise that he works so well with James Cameron on Battle Angel Alita because I think the two have a lot in common where Mm -hmm. for a lot of filmmakers, a a movie is just a story. Mm -hmm. And for filmmakers like Cameron and Rodriguez, a a movie is just as much like a technical showmanship exercise and like pushing the craft forward and experimenting Mm -hmm. as well as telling a story. And so while he was making Spy Kids, he had, like, too much ideas in the scripting planning phase. And he was able to, when he was going in and looking at it, he's like, oh, there's a lot of cool stuff in here, but they're too savvy and proactive in these scenes. I think the first movie should be about them, like, whoa, we're spies, but then ending badasses. So he took a lot of stuff from the first movie and cut it out and then reworked what he had to work better for, like, a quote, origin story. Mm-hmm. But he really wanted to make a movie where the Spy Kids were, like in the James Bond world, an established organization with like rules and a hierarchy and access to cool stuff. Spy Kids 1 was a hit. But while he was editing Spy Kids, he goes to sleep after he drops his kids off at school. Uh-huh. And then he sleeps that whole time. And then he wakes up. He picks them up at school. he pick, he dry, He makes dinner. He hangs out with them family time. And then when he puts them to bed, he works until Interesting. breakfast. And then he, and then he makes his breakfast and he drives the kids to school and then he goes to sleep and the whole thing starts over again.
3: Why, why do it in that order? Why not work while his kids are at school?
1: He's like, he says he works better at night because everyone's asleep and nobody can contact him. He doesn't have to worry about emails or like people getting hold of him. The whole world's dead. So he can just like,
3: <laughs> he's
2: like so Oh, I, he's I work best
3: when the whole world is dead.
2: Yeah. But it sounds like he, that just makes him unavailable all the time because when all the emails and phone calls will be coming in, he's not answering them. When does yeah, he get back to people? He,
1: who is he talking to? He doesn't. He's not working on any, like, you know, well, well, now he's in the Star Wars. He's not even in the DGA at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. You make an interesting point, Sam. I wonder if he's still able to do that now that he's in Mandalorian Boba Fett land. Right, right. You know, none of stick emails. His writing recommendation is don't get out of bed. ha! <laughs> right in bed because staying in bed is the best thing ever and as soon as you get out of bed you're like oh i need to clean my toilet oh i need to make coffee oh i need to sweep but if your laptop is there and you're just in bed and your brain is still waking up so you're less like self-critical about it and it just the ideas pour out
2: mm. he and i are very different people <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome.
1: rodriguez said that he likes to have movies playing in the background while he's editing to have something to kind of like zone off and distract to and one of the movies that he had on a lot was The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, which features really iconic special visual effects, stop motion creatures by Ray Harryhausen. He was also watching Mysterious Island. And one day he was watching the special features for Mysterious Island while taking editing breaks on spy kids. Mm-hmm. And he was looking at this concept art, like the drawings mm-hmm. and the sketches. And he's like, oh man, like they kind of, they have so much personality and expression in, in these drawings, but like, it's really hard to translate that with, you know, clay and what they had back then, it'd be really cool to make a movie, like a Ray Harryhausen movie, where the monsters look just like they did in the concept art. So he was like, "Oh man," but like, couldn't get money for that. And he was like, "But if it was in a Spy Kids sequel, yeah, it has a two in front of it. You know, I'm gonna have yeah. I'm gonna have even more resources than I did this time. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the genesis of Spy Kids two. like, wouldn't it be cool to take the Spy Kids on instead of like a Willy Wonka adventure, like the first movie? a Ray Harryhausen mysterious island adventure. Yeah. And then that germ kind of like spread into like, okay, well, if it's going to be in the middle of it, if it's going to be an island, then it should start with them having all the gadgets and all the toys in the world. And then you take that away. Mm -hmm. And so like the movie, the movie came really quickly, but first he had to go and shoot once upon a time in Mexico. What? (laughs) (laughs) So once upon a time in Mexico was shot after spy kids one.
3: How
1: he really wanted to work in high definition. He wasn't happy with the first spy kids film didn't work well with the way that he was doing visual effects, digital effects and green screen. And he just like, and you can't, anyway, I just spent four days learning about why Robert Rodriguez doesn't like film. He's like, you can't show the actor's playback. You never know if you're shooting enough. You don't know if you're shooting what you need. You mm-hmm. waste all this footage. You waste all this money. The the grain The effing grain. So he's like, I want to shoot a movie in HD like George Lucas just did with Star Wars. And the only way, like a way that he was able to do that was by calling it Desperado 2 or, you know, a a sequel to one of his biggest hits. Right. So he writes Once Upon a Time in Mexico. He goes to shoot that. He has to be his own DP because no one wanted to shoot digital back then. Right. Yeah. All the cinematographers were like,
3: fuck this. This is going to ruin film. Yeah. Forever. (laughs) He compared
1: it to his editor friends when none of them wanted to touch Avid hmm you know where he's like they don't. no one wants to learn anything because they think it'll take too long but i promise you you learn it in 10 minutes and then it's just off to the races right 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 so, so so he shoots once upon a time in mexico and he's like oh shit they want spy kids three in a year or spy kids two in a year what am i gonna do but then he opens a drawer and sees that he already has like 60 pages worth of stuff because he cut it out of spy kids one right so that coupled with the through line of like oh gadgets Island, Gadgets again. He was able to write this pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and get it together quickly. This has the same budget of Spy Kids 1 at about $35 Instead of asking for more money, he asked for more creative freedom. He wanted this to be more homemade and more personal than Spy Kids 1. So in addition to all the other hats he wore in Spy Kids 1 and Spy Kids 2, he would be serving as production designer. And basically what that means is he's like, look, I see it all as one job. I'm still that guy in my backyard making movies with my siblings. But when you go to Hollywood, they slice the process up into all these little jobs. Mm -hmm. And he's like, imagine if you were a painter and your one job was like getting it inside of the frame or like getting the oil ready. So he's like, for you, for movie purposes, business purposes, I have to take all these job titles. But I really just see it as like making the movie. Yeah, and like not having to go. And I this really resonated with me after talking about like twenty nine X Men movies or however many we did. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> absolutely. He said a lot of these times with big movies, it looks like they were made by three different teams of people. Yeah, and then a movie is just slammed together. Mm-hmm. But with this, while he was shooting, he was able to think about like, oh, when I'm editing this, what am I going to want?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or oh, when I while I'm writing this, what am I going to want production designer me to be thinking about? So. Um what you have here is really just like a more like unified streamlined vision because it's coming from a much smaller team.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Cause like my biggest criticism of the film Mm -hmm. is the spy kids organization. Okay. I can't wait. (laughs) I I, I think it's a bad idea. Uh, and, 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 and I, it makes sense that like, it never even occurred to him that it's not the natural next step for the franchise because in his mind, it was the first step of the franchise, and then he walked that back and then returned to it. So it was yeah. always like, this is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And without thinking about like, okay, you made the first one. That's really the only thing that exists, man. Those 60 pages, that's great, and it's a great place to work off of. But like, it's not the natural next step. The natural next step to me, mm-hmm. this movie is about them, to me. The it's about them, yeah, about the Cortez's. Being like, all I want to do is go on badass spy missions and I can't, right? So, to me, my instinct is because they're in spy school learning oh, how to be spies. And like they're not that. allowed to go on missions yet. Because they're And kids. they're like, but I want to go on missions. And they're like, you're a kid. This is all new. We're teaching you to be spies. But you have to learn this stuff before you can go out and do missions. And yeah. then they go out and do a mission on their own anyway. And then learn like, oh, all the stuff we learned in school actually came in handy. And it's a good thing we did go to spy school or wow. we wouldn't know all the things that we need to do to get out of this. Instead of this like level two, level three, level right. one shit. The,
1: the Yakata assignment.
3: Yeah. All of that is like I, I feel like is, is biz- too busy and okay. confusing and unnecessary. You could simplify all of this to just by just being like spy school.
1: <laughs> i'm uh i'm really into the idea i mean we like we uh x-men summer listeners know i'm a big fan of teens going to a crazy school and having adventures yeah. sky high baby sky high absolutely yeah the idea of carmen and juni being in like the equivalent of like fourth grade and like seventh grade of spy school yeah and, like, gary and gertie are kind of like the two val kilmer ice men
3: yeah because like because like my my thought process is just like for them as characters the cortezes uh, they you're going to spy kids they're surrounded by these other kids who are in spy school who are just excited to be in spy school and mm-hmm. they're just like we were fucking spies we in the last the movie in our- we did <laughs> a whole thing we Save are so yeah we're so much more advanced than everyone at this school like why do we have to do this we're already spies
1: whoa and that's super real that is a very real mindset in college where you're a certain you're a certain kind of kid where you're like I've already been in shows why do I need to learn or I've already been making stuff or doing stuff. Why do I need to be with all these dumb kids my age?
3: Yes. That was totally who
1: I was as an actor when I was in college.
3: I but I but I but now that you explain the development it's like yeah I guess I see how we ended up here. You know yeah like it all all makes makes total sense. But yeah
1: you 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 could infer that like you said the OSS kids version or them having like it was already in the like yeah, the original recipe, if you will. Right, right.
3: So the movie, the movie starts off with the new Troublemaker logo, Troublemaker Studios logo. Yeah, and uh, leads directly into to the Troublemaker theme park.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, which is so, Scott. Um, <laughs> yes. you, you'll you'll be interested in the script writing phrase. This was originally Disneyland. Oh, like just it was Disneyland, and instead of a certain someone that we'll get to later, uh, it was going to be a Disney engineer leading the tour. Oh, so
2: Patrick Warburton.
1: Oh, yo, God, that would <laughs> be great. Yeah. What what ride is he on? He's like a technician. in Soren. So- so- Soren over yeah. California. Yeah, Hello. Yeah. Hello, President's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow he gets the idea of like, well, you know, wouldn't it be cooler if it was like an original theme park? Because then we could do whatever. And he was like, oh, well, I've got that cool troublemaker, a little cute kid guy at the beginning of my movies. He could be a guy. And then I could just do whatever I wanted. <laughs> So then he spent a day with this like illustrator guy, a troublemaker, just coming up with the craziest rides. Yeah, um, that's
3: fun. Yeah. yeah, all of these rides are like right out of Tiny Toon Adventures. How I Spent My Summer Vacation,
2: Happy World Land.
3: Yes, Happy World Land. All that's of all. these are very Happy World Land. Big, <laughs> big Happy World Land energy. Absolutely. We meet the president's daughter, played by none
1: other than than Taylor Momsen. Aka Cindy Lou Who from The Grinch Till Christmas.
3: That's ah. who she is. Yep. Okay.
1: Aka Jenny Humphrey <laughs> from Gossip Girl.
3: Oh wow! Yeah, wow. Okay. That was a lot of that. that those were a lot of connections that all just like yeah. just like sealed in my head. <laughs> yeah, I threw a lot at you just
1: then. I apologize. Yeah.
3: Wow. Okay. <laughs> this. So they shot this at Six
1: Flags. They shot this in Six Flags Over Texas, in my hometown of Arlington, Texas.
3: Yeah, nice. I've been to Six Flags Over Texas. Yeah, I think M- that's the times.
1: I think that's the Titan behind Bill Paxton.
3: Yeah, Fort yeah.
1: Worth native Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so when Bill Paxton showed up, I was like, "Oh, is Bill Paxton the bad guy? Is this gonna be like a theme park spy kids? Because that feels like a natural fit. Definitely, Bill Paxton actually called Robert Rodriguez.
1: Whoa. and was like, hey, I hear you're making a Spy Kids sequel, man. I know this kid, Matt O'Leary. I just was in this movie with him called Frailty. I think he'd be great for like the new Spy Kids in the movie. He was he was trying to get Matt O'Leary a job. Wow. And so wow. Robert Rodriguez is like, oh, my God, Bill Paxton. Like, dude, I love your comedy stuff. You should be in more comedies. And Actually, there's a role in Spy Kids too for you, man. You should do it. And Bill Paxton was like, sounds great. And listeners, that was a lie. <laughs> he didn't have a role for Bill Paxton. He was just like psyched that Bill Paxton called him up and he was like, I can get Bill
3: Paxton in my movie, I bet. So, so did he always want Mike Judge to play the villain in this movie? That happened because he was in the first one. Oh, right.
1: He, he's Donnegan, the one that goes missing.
3: Oh. But so, but like, but why is Donnegan have to be the villain in this one? Because he I was guess. like, oh, well, he was like, well, instead of coming up with a new
1: villain, wouldn't it be cooler if it was a character that I introduced in the first one as a minor role? And they were like, yeah, Donnegan could have like elevated into the director of the OSS. Okay. And then he was like, oh, cool. It'll make it seem like a more fleshed out world. Like I planned it in advance. Um, yeah. Mike judge was very surprised because he was in the first one because his, his kids are in the same play group in Austin. Yeah. And so he was like, wait, why do I have lines? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, he's he's pretty good in the movie. Like it, yeah, it's yeah. it's just it's a weird energy to have in this movie. Definitely. Is, is my only thought. Um
1: so anyway, so so Robert Rodriguez hangs up the phone on Bill Paxton. He was like, Oh shit, I have to write Bill Paxton role in my movie. And mm-hmm. he was like, Oh, well, I already changed it from Disneyland to troublemaker land. What if instead of an engineer it was like the guy who owned the park and then he yeah. just sat down and wrote like a fun role for Bill Paxton?
3: Okay. Um, that's oh, the, fun.
1: and the belly was Bill Paxton's idea.
3: Okay. Yeah. I see. I think, <laughs> I think, I think Bill Paxton would have been better as Donegan, but you know, again, oh, that's a good call. Yeah. yeah. I, but again, I feel like a lot of people would, be, would have been better as Donegan. And I don't think Mike judge would disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you, you said something yeah. Scott about uh, how you've never seen Mike judge act before. Yeah. Uh, neither has Mike judge. <laughs> I, I learned that when Mike judge, Mike judge would record King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead, he does it with his eyes closed. So while they were shooting digital, you know, in digital, you can just do playback immediately. So Mike Judge was really kind of insecure and he was like, I don't, I've never seen my, own, you know, so because it was digital, he could just show Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez could just show Mike Judge, like, hey, this is what you're doing. Can you just not do this or not blink as much? He's like, oh, okay. And nice. it like made the process easier. Well, that's
3: good. Yeah, that's good. Or, you know, they could have just like hired a real actor. <laughs> <laughs> sure i don't know well <laughs> he was thought he was like well
1: he was like well it's such a small role he was like i'd rather have it be like someone that i like hanging out with and like a sure from central casting sure
3: sure i mean you know all of that makes sense i'm not saying that it doesn't it's sure. just <laughs> different yeah yeah no <laughs> done not not what i would have done yeah.
2: It, it, yeah. it was weird having just like a dude from the office being the main bad guy at a spy agency sure boom uh-huh.
3: Okay, so, so yeah, so we get this whole theme park rescue. Mm -hmm. The president's daughter goes on the Juggler, which is a ride where balls spin and then get thrown into the air. Definitely. He he kept bringing up as much as America would approve, like the American (laughs) Theme Park Association (laughs) would approve. And I'm like, they approved this? What? Because magnets, Scott. It all works because of magnets. Right, right. Uh, We are reintroduced to- to Carmen and Judy, a.k.a. SK-1 and SK-2. Yeah. Which stands for Spy Kid <laughs> 1 and <won>. Spy Kid <laughs> 2. And then they're like, maybe we should get them back up. So they bring in SK-3 and SK-4. Yeah. A.k.a. Gary and Gertie Giggles.
1: Played by Matt O'Leary from Frailty. Yes. <laughs> <And laughs> Emily Osmitt, Haley Joel Osmitt's sister. Or, yeah, sister.
3: Very obvious. It she literally at points looks like her brother in drag.
1: Yeah. Appara- uh. <laughs> apparently, Rodriguez had no idea that they were related until afterward. What? He was wow. Like, Hello. What do you? Know? How could he not know? <laughs> so, so real quick about Gary and Gertie. Last week, I mentioned that Robert Rodriguez had six months to cast Carmen and Junie. Yeah. He only had three weeks to cast Gary and Gertie. Um, oh no. So, so what he did was he was like, I didn't give them a lot of lines at first because i didn't want to get he was like i didn't want to cast two kids who maybe had limited capacity for like having a lot of lines and stuff and then give them too much and kind of make them look bad yeah so i'll see who i have first and then gauge how much gary and gertie will have to do in the story and he was Mm -hmm. so happy with both of these actors that he got that he ended up writing more and more and so like gertie's arc in the movie that we'll get into was like a direct result of him just being really into Emily Osment's character.
3: Yeah. Gertie is really good. Emily Osment is really good. Mm-hmm. Matt as Gary is, uh, <laughs> fine. I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah. it's like the OG Get boy. Get
1: ready. Get yeah, ready well, there
3: are there are moments in this where, and it, we'll get to it. There's one moment in particular where I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. What it? What it? What is? What choice is that? I don't know what that is. Your friends are for <laughs> losers,
1: so are you? Is that what is? <laughs> they're, uh,
3: <laughs> So they're the team rocket of the movie. Yes, they think yes. that they deserve to be level one spies Mm -hmm. and that Junie and 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 carmen are uh dirt on their shoes
1: rodriguez liked the idea of updating carmen and junie's dynamic he was like okay they're a little older they've been on an adventure together they wouldn't be as like snippy and bickering as they were in the first one so what if in this one they had an external threat to both of them that kind of bonded them a little bit Yeah. And then also, Rodriguez was like, I grew up with like however many sisters. I know what it's like to know that your sister is into a real scumbag Mm -hmm. and having no power to change your mind. So he was like, that could be a fun like sibling dynamic for Carmen and Gina to have in the sequel.
3: Yeah. No, I like the dynamic. I just, I have a note and I, and I know the moment where I wrote this. (laughs) I wrote this note. As Gary was climbing into his little helicopter that he's way too big for, <laughs> he was climbing into his little helicopter like trying to act all cool, and I just wrote Gary sucks. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> um, he's like the he's like the kid from Luca. Yeah, it's like you're too yeah. old to be doing this, man. You're like <laughs> yeah, three. yeah, he's absolutely the kid from Luca. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the president's daughter, she like escapes from the juggler thing. She like breaks out of it, and then like stands on the top of the tower and her plan is like, I want to talk to my dad. He never talks to me anymore. He's the president and I want to talk to him. And Junie's like, so I'll make him talk to you. I'm level two clearance. He has to listen to me. And he's, she's like, cool. And then Gary's <laughs> like, yeah, cool. Anyway, I did this.
1: Yeah. He finds out that what they're really after the secret service is the transmuker device. Right. And so Gary's like, oh, they don't care about the president's daughter. I'll like take what they really want and get the credit. Because she she sold the transmuker device.
3: Because in this universe, the president is, like, not respected in any way.
1: Because, like, yeah, if Junie has the power to, like, call upon the president and make him talk to his daughter, it's like they're so overpowered at the start of the sequel. And that kind of is cool because they get all that taken away. But now I kind of do like your idea of them being, like, just they've just taken one step forward. They're in spy school, but they've had a taste for the real the real life. Right. Um, but yeah, like the the fantasy of the movies is like, you know, he wants the kids to like, that's, I guess a kid would be like, oh, that's so cool. He's got level two clearance. He can order the president. around Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I didn't mention it at the top, but this movie, like even the entire, like the entire way through, like after the fact that I was like, you know what this movie feels like? This feels like just kids playing the entire time. It's like, well, I can do this. All right. Well, then I do this. Oh, yeah, well, you know true. it would be awesome? Yeah. Let's do this thing.
1: No, yeah, that's right on the money, Sam. Like, going into it, Rodriguez kind of created this mantra for himself for this one that he was like, I want this to feel like you're inside of a kid's imagination. Mm -hmm. And that even bled into why he took on so many jobs is he was like, if you tell a kid to write an opera or write a novel or paint a house, they're going to do it. They're not going to worry about if they can. So that will be my North star is I will constantly do stuff that I don't know how to do and get myself out of my comfort zone and solve it with creativity because I made myself have the same budget as the first one.
3: Totally makes sense. Absolutely. (laughs) Gary. I also wrote that Gary is the, is the sort of the physical embodiment of the, you made this. I made this meme. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> level two I want to be level two <laughs> you saved the president's daughter and got the transmooker device I saved the president's daughter and got the transmuka
1: device <laughs> Okay, I had a real quick tidbit that I thought you would get a kick out of Okay, in the script when it was Disneyland
3: mm-hmm.
1: that last shot was Carmen was going to take off her Mickey, Mickey Mouse ears and be like do me a favor Junie no more Mickey Mouse assignments and like throws it to the ground Ah. Uh, oh.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that's real good. Uh so so anyway, so we cut to the next evening and uh you know, Carmen is uh, talking is 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 complaining about exactly what the arc of the movie is. Mm-hmm. I want to go on real assignments. I don't want these Mickey Mouse assignments. I'm tired of this, etc., <laughs> etc. And then we cut to Gregorio uh and and Juni in a a shot for shot remake of exactly the same scene from Four Rooms. Yes. Guilty as charged. Uh, where, where he is teaching Junie how to slick back his hair, but his hair is much more curly and, and, and you know, tangled and it uh, looks like it hurts. It is the exact same scene lifted out of Four Rooms and placed here. Yeah. He calls it out as such. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was
1: like, hey, we need something to happen during, in between the Ralph reveal. Yeah. You want to just do the thing from, from, from Ford for rooms. Cause like, it's a thing that like Rodriguez's dad did to him. My dad did it to me. Yeah. Of like combing your hair. I just, the sound design of this is stuck in my memory. Yes. Of, but yeah, utterly shameless where it's just like, he, <laughs> he says like, yeah, Antonio improvised this whole thing. I'm like, I don't know if that counts as improv. If
3: he's just, yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: he's just, do, he's just like, well, what did I do when I shot this five years was ago? Yeah, that, was,
1: that was probably what my lines were
3: yeah something like that all right
1: and we meet ralph i think, I
3: think there's less four letter words in this version but yes, yes. definitely maybe no <laughs>
1: cute sound effects of the hair getting pulled back yeah. i mean ouch is
2: a four letter word i
3: guess that's, that's true, true. fair enough not a naughty one though
1: ah, hmm. fair um, enough. and we get kind of another one of the uh like mini arcs of the movie is gregorio feels like he's getting replaced by Juni's thirst for technology and gadgets
2: yeah <laughs> the guy who's literally an inventor i (laughs) i I,
3: yeah i i think that what's funny about that is like this movie is very it feels kind of ahead of its time in that way because like he had no idea how much parents would be replaced by screens (laughs) right at this point
0: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah that's true this movie was clearly (laughs) pre-iphone Yeah, yeah,
2: and Since that kind of resonate. They had flip phones in the movie. Yeah, and
1: Antonio sells it. He's great. Of like, oh, am I not my kid? I think it's something every dad I think or parent maybe struggles with. Is like, oh, I can feel him. I'm not like the Superman anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just
3: like some asshole that combs his hair. Yes, <laughs> some asshole who combs his hair.
2: <laughs> I'm
3: just some asshole who combs <laughs> his, his hair. hair. <laughs> so they go to the OSS party. We find out that Carmen has a crush on Gary. Gross. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) The party is located at the capital of Austin. That is that is the state capital. That circle, that really cool like circle window area. They walk past. That I would walk past that every day when I lived in Austin, Mm -hmm. and I thought about Spy Kids too every time.
3: These really (laughs) are the
1: OSS is full of the worst spies. Yeah, openly talking about who has an assignment.
3: Yeah, their 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 party is at is below eye level, in a big open window. <laughs> um, exactly. It gets infiltrated by dudes in costumes, and okay, no so, one bats an eye.
1: So that's my thing. So we meet the Magna Men. Yeah, men with magnets on their heads, and we yeah. learn that like they're like, hey, what's up with the Magnet Men? I'm like, Well, who hired the Magnet Men then? <laughs> yeah. how, how did they get in?
3: These they're the worst spies. Yeah. They're just the worst spies. They're so trusting. (laughs) We learned that Juni only dances ballet exclusively.
1: Daryl Sabara really knows ballet. Oh. And um, when Robert Rodriguez learned that, because, you know, like apparently a lot of child actors that's kind of on their CV is like they take ballet. Sure. Two of Rodriguez's sisters growing up did ballet. And so he called them up and asked them to choreograph the ballet scene in the movie. Wow. Uh, So That's nice. uh, What, What a great way
2: to save money.
1: That's that's the Rodriguez family crest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a great way to
3: save money. Um, I love the bit where uh, Judy and Gregorio are uh, trolling Gary about the kinds yeah, of
1: dances he that, can do. Uh, That is again a lot of Antonio Banderas improv. Mm. Uh, the 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 script <laughs> is just show me. So all of the like cha cha cha. Dango, go Like that's like actually, that's like him just listing dances that he knows, and Ooh. and Gary like reacting. I thought they both yeah.
2: did that scene pretty well. Yeah, yeah. it's a
3: fun scene. Yeah. yeah. Although although the the actor Maddie is that what she said his name was Matt, Matt O'Leary. O'Leary. Matt O'Leary has a look on his face that's sort of like oh we're we're still doing this huh we're still <laughs> oh we still we're doing. still here we're still is are we going to get good? to the next line I am really afraid that I'm not going to know what to do next. It's digital like has- we never cut. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's just like an expression of like, just like abject horror, like that it's just hidden one layer behind the acting. Oh, I don't want to mess up. Yeah, that's why I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Bill Paxton got me this job. (laughs) So, okay. So the, the party gets infiltrated. First off, the president who's played by, uh, the, the villain from Happy Gilmore. Shooter McGavin, Michael McDonald. Yep.
1: Yep. He has my favorite line delivery in this movie. Oh Oh, yeah. Uh, when they "They took the transbuker device.
3: Oh, right. When his voice cracks on the world, dude. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah. So he is announcing the new head of the OSS. Mm-hmm. It is obviously going to be Gregorio. He and fully then it,
1: out loud starts to say Gregorio.
3: Yeah. And then and then the, the uh, teleprompter deletes itself and replaces it with Mike Judge's character.
1: Mike Judge.
3: Yes. Mike Judge.
1: <laughs> Donegan giggles.
3: Donegan giggles. Two... I guess I'll, I'll, it's more of a description than it is a name. Tonigan Giggles. Right. Yeah. It's like Shauna dancing. Yeah. I'm just now realizing their last name is Giggles and and Gary has that stupid laugh.
1: Oh, wow. That, that's true. I, just, I never connected that. I,
3: yeah. I just realized that's the joke. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough, Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, not subtle. Yeah. So Donagin giggles. I wonder if in the first movie, if Donagin, did he have a name, and if he did, was he did not have a name? I'm almost certain that they just call him Donagin. I don't know if I were to like go back and screen
1: cap, like you know how they cut to like his file. Yeah, I don't know if I could. If I paused it, would it say like comma giggles? I don't know.
3: Yeah, yeah. So so I'm wondering if Donagin was meant to be the last name. And then he decided to give him like a funny lat, the family a funny last yeah.
1: name. Yeah, because is- and
3: Gertie giggles is a funny thing.
1: Yeah, and Donnegan yeah. is a, a, much more sounds like a last name than a first name. Definitely
3: sounds like a last name.
1: Yeah, it also sounds
2: made up. But the important thing is,
3: yeah,
1: I you know, oh my god, you just un- I just we unlocked a memory together. I knew a Donnegan in college. <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah, oh. and, and I was every time I was like, she like I I was like I could not
3: think about spike kids
1: too and I'm like wow that actually is someone's first name. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it is, it is a very Texas sounding name, I'll give it that. again, yeah.
1: yeah. Can't say why.
3: I don't yeah, I don't know why.
1: again that's a cool name. name hey
3: again right. Yeah, there you go. You going to play football or what? <laughs>
1: you get out here and you face what you've done. Don
3: <laughs> So all of the all of the adults get like Oh
1: yeah, one of the Magnum men offers Juni wine. And he's like, yeah,
3: champagne. Yeah. And they, so all the adults (laughs) drink champagne Mm -hmm. and then all the spy kids are only, are the only ones left. And so they have to fight all the, all the magnet.
1: And what results is, uh, an explosion of stunt kid action. Mm -hmm. There are at least three to four stunt dads in this scene as Magna men getting beat up by their stunt kids.
2: That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Love it. Robert Rodriguez's kids make an appearance they're like the three really little kids that are like all teaming up on the one where there's like that little
2: little three-year-old who kicks the guy
1: yeah one of those kids is the co-creator of shark boy and lava girl wow
3: amazing incredible absolutely Um, incredible that's
1: uh really alexa vega doing gymnastics Mm-hmm. She she would like show off like in between takes or like on set where they're having fun and he's like oh she can do gymnastics cool I'm gonna write the end the sequel
3: once again Gary's a real piece of shit <laughs> yeah um, just a, a real fucker yeah tries to take take the transmooker away from Junie who successfully gets it from the magnet guys and uh, and then he tries to take it and then the magnet guys get it real piece of shit Gary <laughs> um, so so anyway. Uh the next day they're all in trouble at the at the OSS Jr. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Which is all it, paint which is
3: painted all in primary colors. So
1: apparently this is a public library in San Antonio. Mm. And it is a real miracle of a find because you're right, Scott. It looks like the, the Nick building in Orlando.
3: Yeah. Like it yeah.
1: it looks like OSS Jr.
3: D- uh, does it does it look like that naturally, or the, did he did he CGI paint it like the the exterior is a hundred percent
1: a visual effect mostly? Oh, okay. Like it's a real location, but they like added the OS, and then the interior is like the walls really are those primary colors. It's from like wow. a, Me- uh, it's from a Mexican architect.
3: Okay, cool. That's cool. I say um, that as
1: if it completely explains why it looks the way that it does inside, because yeah. it does.
3: So so the uh, OSS Junior. So this is where I started getting confused cuz I was like, so wait, there is a spy school? Oh no, they work here. Why are they all wearing school uniforms? I like I was I right, very yeah. confused about why how or any yeah. of this is a thing. Cuz uh, Junie has a Junie has an
1: office, we find. Right, out. he has an office,
3: and a desk
1: like <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a really cuz it's really it it's a it's a fun world. Because it's like you have Daryl Sabara being like, Oh, I gotta go clean out my office, like Yeah. getting, like, getting shit can. <laughs> but yeah, you, but they are in school. And let's like if they're not allowed to go on missions by themselves, why do they need an office? But like, yeah. also,
3: they, what's what happens here? Like, <laughs> are there any adults in this place? Right, that's 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 my that's my whole thing.
2: Of course, there's an adult. There's the guy who takes down and puts up the spy of the month poster.
1: Oh yeah, that yeah. that was an incredible moment because he looks at Junie like he's disappointed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You what happened to you, man? <laughs>
3: you used yeah. to
2: be cool." <laughs>
3: That's that's the weird thing about like what how would you like to be that guy in the OSS? Like, no no no, right. no You're you're being transferred to the OSS Junior, but I'm not a kid. Right. So you're gonna be a janitor at the OSS Jr. In, he- in my head, he's like the that. like he's the
2: uh uh whatever the Harry Potter term is of someone who's born oh, from Filch. a spy family Yeah, uh, yeah. It's born from a spy family but doesn't have any spy skills of himself. So So it's like, I know all the secrets, but yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So he gets in trouble with in what is the equivalent of like the principal's office. Mm -hmm. You know, Gary's like, yeah, no, I had it. And then Junie was a little dick and like tried to steal (laughs) it for from me for his own glory. Just describing himself. Just just self tattling.
1: Shit tactics,
3: real shit tactics.
1: But yeah, like you know, I think this is an example of like the the north star of like what would a kid want or what what would a kid dream about? And like, yeah, kid kid dreams about being a grown up with a job and having an office, kind of sometimes. Of like, oh yeah, like they want to be real spies. They don't want to be junior spies. They don't want to be in spy school. But I I think like that might be that might have been like the better like the cooler choice of the characters because it gives them a little less power. Because sometimes Junie's treated like 100% like an adult and that he's fired.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's told to, to turn in his badge and his gun.
1: His <laughs> badge and that one spy kid device. So we never see what it does
3: because it always gets shut down. Yeah. Yeah. We're never going to find out what that thing does. The spinny gun. Yeah. The spinny thing. Yeah. So we go back home. He's bummed out. He's eating chicken noodle soup for breakfast. They have like a thumb cook. Carmen is like, come with me. We're going to the treehouse. And then we we find out about their new secret treehouse that Uncle Machete built for them.
1: Yeah, this is based on a Robert Rodriguez has always wanted a treehouse like that. So he just looked back at his childhood drawings. And that's kind of why he called the movie Island of Lost Dreams, as he wanted this movie to have like every thing that he imagined as a kid come back in some way and like mm. have new life in this movie.
3: That's fun. That's fun. Mm-hmm. um not not dissimilar to what he did in the last movie but sure I'll give it to him <laughs> for
1: sure it's like he's like, what if everything was the thumb thumbs
3: yeah <laughs> so uh cool cool treehouse um uncle machete uh introduces the the rubber band thing yeah um uh what is it called the machete amazing elastic yeah. yeah, amazing elastic band or something like mm-hmm. that.
2: Ninety nine nine uses, nine nine nine
3: hundred and ninety nine uses or something like that. Yeah,
2: and you gotta uncover them all yourself.
3: Yeah, you gotta <laughs> use your brain, Carmen. We get about three of those uses, I think, in this movie. <laughs> yeah,
2: that would
1: have been a cool challenge if the movie did have them uses that like a thousand times. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> um, it would get it would get old after a while. <laughs> Yeah, I think. So this is where we get our major introduction to Ralph, who is Junie's, like, robot sidekick, sidekick thing. Bug. Yeah, his little his little robot bug. Um, and we get this cool scene where Ralph has to, like, go and spy on on the giggles. hmm So they find out about uh, the Island of Lost Dreams, and that's where they're going, because that's where the big transmooker device is. And so, uh, they hack the system and they're like, we're going to send them to the Mojave desert because Carmen can hack literally anything. Right. And, uh, they're going to go to the real destination and they're going to be real spies. And Carmen prints out a, a fake level two, which never gets used
0: <laughs> oh, that's um, true. at
3: any yeah. point. <laughs> it's really just, uh, like a, it, it's like the equivalent of like a gold star. Like, you go, Jenny. good job. <laughs>
1: It never comes in handy at any point in the movie. We're kind of saying that Carmen really hasn't like she's still the girl that like takes flights to Belize. She's like, no, I don't care. Who cares? You're you're hired. I can hack anything. You're rehired again. I reinstated you. No rules. Yeah,
3: it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. (laughs) (laughs) Kids, none of this matters. None of this is real. (laughs) Uh, So uh, they're like, so they they get into their uh, uh, underwater thing and they're heading toward the island and then they're like, oh, we need to get some advice on what to do. They're like, there's only one person we can call. And then we cut to floop. Mm-hmm. And he is performing he's doing his thing. He gets a phone call. He cuts. And then we find what in what is I think one of the funniest things that could happen. He cuts everybody all of the thumb thumbs fall and yeah. and everything. And you reveal his green screen room that we saw in the last movie only now. His green screen room is itself green screen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, you couldn't even make the green screen room real. That's, that is now green screen. Just use the room you're in. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's so funny.
1: Yeah. This, is, uh, this is an original written Robert Rodriguez diddy. Mm. He wrote it the night before Alan Cumming came. And then Alan Cumming learned it, rehearsed it, recorded it, the audio version, and then shot it in an afternoon.
3: Wow. That's the Rodriguez way. That's the
1: Rodriguez say, "Hey, it, we
3: save so much money."
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> they tell Floop like actually we're not calling for you. We need to talk to Minion, who is now like not a good guy, but there's something pretty insidious. So the show used to be called
1: Floop's Flooglies. Yeah. And now it's called Floop's flugly like singular. Right. Meaning that I in the context of the show Floop
3: owns Minion? Right, which I don't like. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. No, I don't like that. Anyway, Tony Shaloub seems like chill about it. He's like it's like yeah, it's a living. Like he's kind of got that kind of vibe. <laughs> I really love Minions vibe in this one. Yeah. 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 No, he's really good. He was working on like a a four-part harmony, which is funny.
1: Yeah, his faces.
3: Is... Tony Shaloub seems just thrilled to be back in this makeup again
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, I wonder if it's a tri- different
1: if it, if it's a different one than the one that Rodriguez had bronze and gave to him as a gift
3: well which what, what did he have bronze did he the have head, the, the headpiece right so did he have the actual headpiece or did he have the sculpt oh that's a good point yeah maybe it was yeah. sculpt that'd be cool yeah I don't know yeah so in any event minion is like yeah no it's giggles man it's giggles guys yeah he's he's definitely the bad guy there's no doubt in my mind But, you know, Carmen's like, but not Gary, right? But not Gary. And and Junie's like, of course, fucking Gary. Look at him. (laughs) Oh, oh.
1: uh, are we in the submarine already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. We missed over. Gary fucking killed Ralph.
3: Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Smushed him. Yeah. Hands. It's a real piece
1: of shit. Here. Take your piece
3: of shit. Take your
1: robot asshole. Spy better next time. I don't like I don't like Gary.
2: (laughs) And and then like this, the sub has like the weird burger
1: laser. Yeah, the patented McDonald's burger laser that I don't think is in Spy Kids 3, but I do consider it essential to the franchise.
3: Yeah. Instead of rehydrated McDonald's in this one, we have like a lunchbox that creates a McDonald's meal. Mm -hmm. As long as it's McDonald's, that's the important thing. Like builds up out (laughs) of nothing. Mm -hmm. Fun. Is it hot? That's my question. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the deal. Um, the cold McDonald's is nothing to
3: no right no. about. Co- for- cold McDonald's is unedible, yeah. To be perfectly honest. So they lose power in their ship, and now because they don't they, they don't have power, they're like kind of low tech, none of their stuff works, and it's because they've reached the island and the island like cuts power to like all technological devices yeah.
1: essentially. That's what the transmooker device does.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We cut to the giggles, they show up in the Mojave Desert. Mm-hmm. and uh fall into a camel shit sinkhole
2: <laughs> yeah is that like a collective hole it was Please. the first thing in the movie that bothered me because that's not what camel poop is like
3: oh i didn't know that yeah. oh, Cam- Do you know a lot about camel poop
2: i uh, look when you are a, a jewish child <laughs> you get sent to israel and you learn things and one oh, okay, of the like, fair, enough. fair ca- enough because camels are all about conserving moisture their poop is based, like it, or it's dry like spherical pellets like you can use it as charcoal oh like why would a camel's poop be wet
3: yeah Mm -hmm. good point it's a good point just like that um that little creature on futurama just like his poop
2: nibbles nibbler nibbler Nibbler,
3: thank you yeah nibbler's poop
1: i think uh i think this might be the lowest hanging fruit joke of the series so far
3: it it is but it is like many things in this movie which is like, it feels like Robert Rodriguez is like, I don't have a lot of time to make this. Yeah. And so he did a lot of shortcuts and those shortcuts were, what did that other movie do? I'll just do that. <laughs> like there's a lot of moments in this that are just ripped off wholesale from another movie. And this is of course, back to the future.
1: Oh yeah. The, the good, I, I guess it's so, I guess like back to the future, that's like the creme de la creme of yeah, poop falling on a guy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
3: Um, did Biff ever sink into shit? No, but he's had it in his mouth a lot.
2: Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. 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 But in, in Back to the Future, Biff gets cleaned up. The giggles are still poop-stained the rest of the movie. The so I whole feel like movie?
3: Covered yeah. in shit.
2: And so I feel covered
3: like... Covered
2: in... He went for an easy <laughs> joke that made the rest of the, the movie more difficult yeah. because they had to constantly be matching the quantity of poop still on their person. Wow, I wonder how much Just, money they lost. Covered
3: in well hydrated camel shit. They they get it all over <laughs> the submarine later. Yeah. Oh, just a nightmare. Nightmare to be around. Um uh, I'm sure. <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway, Gregorio and Ingrid, they find out that their their kids are in trouble and they're so excited to go save them. Yeah. Donegan yeah. is like, I'm gonna go do it. And they're like, No, 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 no. We will save our kids.
2: Why oh, does Donnegan like, tell oh, them?
1: No,
3: I don't know.
2: it, it I don't know. It makes the it, he just don't. And then they do not <laughs> that the, then the super spies who are literally your biggest competitors yeah. aren't headed to the same place you are.
1: I guess for the sake of making the movie work, maybe it was like, well, if I don't tell them and they find out, then it's like, why didn't you
2: tell us? And then that's well,
3: weird. no, no, no. Because he's trying to get rid of them, too. So oh, that's he right. Wants he wants them to go to, go to the, the island.
2: island. Oh, that's right. So that he can blow them all up at once.
3: Right, right. It, he wants
1: them all. Yeah. It's all part of his plan. And then right. later, they don't want the Carmen and Junior. Are like, no, they can't
3: come here. They'll have us all in one spot. Right. Then Ingrid's parents show up. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. We get Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban and Holland Taylor.
1: So the story about how Ricardo Montalban ended up in this movie: one night, Quentin Tarantino was in Austin. He was hosting a sci-fi film festival night. You know, you know how he does. And sure. the centerpiece movie was star star trek 2 the wrath of khan and so quentin tarantino is just on stage for 45 minutes just rambling about ricardo montalban and how he's the best actor in this movie and whatnot and afterwards (laughs) quentin tarantino and robert rodriguez are talking and he's like "And it's bullshit man like no one's hired him since the 90s because he had bad back surgery he had surgery for his back and it made him worse and he he'd been paralyzed for some years apparently
3: Oh, whoa. Oh, okay. And,
1: and so Robert Rodriguez calls Ricardo Montalban, and he's like, Hey, I would love for you to be in Spy Kids. And he's like, Hey, that sounds really fun. I'd love to work again, but like it, it just wouldn't be worth it with all this. It would be really and like and Robert Rodriguez is like, Well, no, it doesn't. Uh your character can be in a wheelchair. It's a big special effects. Like your your wheelchair can fly, it could have gadgets. Like, we will do whatever we can to make you comfortable on set, and we'll get you out of there. Robert Rodriguez, I can get you out of there like in four days. <laughs>
3: nice.
1: And so, yeah, I didn't know that as a kid that that was Ricardo Montalban was really uh, in, in a wheelchair at that point. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, yeah, you could tell that it was difficult for him, you know, because just being on any set is is just a, a really strenuous experience. But like everyone was just worshiping him and just was so jazzed about him being there. And that gave gave him so much love that Rodriguez was like, I'm glad that he got to, like, experience that firsthand and see how much he still meant to people after not
3: working yeah. for a long time. Yeah. He is really good in this movie. Like the thing about Ricardo Montalban and, you know, there are, there are a handful of actors that are at the, the tier of Ricardo Montalban, which is that he treats every role, regardless of if the role is absolute garbage, the movie is trash, or if it's like, you know, he's on stage with like the Royal Shakespeare Company It doesn't matter what level he's at. He treats it all exactly the same and elevates everything that he's in. Absolutely. Like, I think he has like, maybe he has like eight lines in this movie, but
1: you feel, he just feels like, ah, like you want, like that's your grandpa, you know? Yeah. Like the the love that you can feel in his voice for Juni and like the contempt that he has for Gregorio. (laughs) Yeah. He just immediately brings so much
3: to the movie. They both do really. He's so good. He's so good in this. So now we're we're on the island <laughs> uh, I will use quotations uh, heavily. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, the cool thing about the island is so they shot
1: a couple of really effective exterior shots of Costa Rica mm-hmm. for like the, the, the shoreline when they're first washing up. And then yeah. whenever whenever they're on the beach, we are back in a, a riverbed in Austin. Right. So there's like a couple of times that we're in like Costa Rica, Costa Rica, but then a lot of the times we're either in a river bend in Austin or Big Bend National Park.
3: Yeah. I will say there is no point at which I believe that they're on an island. <laughs> so it 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 breaks it breaks that for me personally. Okay. Like I I can't I can't see rock formations in the way that they're formed and only formed by a lack of water. <laughs> and think that they're on an island it's just not i okay. it, it's yeah so like it, the, this whole time i was just like okay well they're in texas all right fair sure, enough yeah. i mean you know you save a lot of money that way yeah you right do. that's yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's his thing i get it it's also you know it's a mysterious island like ooh mysterious like these rock formations shouldn't exist with all this water like yeah. i you know it's fine it's it is what it is but yeah, it doesn't ever feel like an island at any point yeah. in this movie to me. But it is it's still it's still a fun to watch. So yeah, none of their gadgets work on this island. The giggles have escaped their shit prison and are on their <laughs> way. Um in this weird <laughs> scene where where Gertie keeps demanding the Gary go faster. Yeah. Um and, and then they get smashed against the glass. Um as the score keeps ramping up and then yeah. Junie and Carmen, they make their way through the island. They uh, see the volcano. There's stuff coming after them. So they're like, let's climb the volcano. They get to the top. They fall in the volcano. And then what follows is a gag ripped right out of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I mean, like, right out of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: okay. I've, yeah, and it, it's I them remember. just falling forever. Okay.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, in Bogus Journey, it's when they're falling to hell. And they're just falling. Yeah. For, yeah. And they do like 20 questions as they're falling. And yeah, it's like yeah, this whole yeah. thing. And then here they're falling and they're like, how long were you going falling? fall? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, My watch doesn't tell time. <laughs> yeah. Which is from the trailer. <laughs> oh hell yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, it's a fun thing, but it's definitely like, I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, and I, I'm not mad at him for it because it's like <laughs> he, he, the guy had like, A month to write the script probably who who knew if he even had the time to pull back
1: and be like is this from bill and ted's bogus journey exactly exactly (laughs) like
3: yeah where where is this coming from i don't know i don't have time to think about that i'm just putting it in the script (laughs) but yeah it's definitely definitely exactly a gag from and a generation um, of of film
1: goers will 100% associate it with spy kids 2 and not bill and ted's bogus journey yeah yeah
3: Eventually, they figured out that they weren't falling for all that time. And they were just being, being tortured
1: up. for four hours. <laughs> yeah, they were
3: being tortured for four hours by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: there's a part in like the behind the scenes stuff where adult Emily Osment was like, yeah, I remember my dad came up to me when we were shooting Spy Kids 2. And he he was like, hey, in a few years, you're going to think it was really cool that you got to be in a movie with Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you don't know what that means now, but but you will. <laughs>
2: He's really Um, good in this. He's great. Steve Buscemi is another one of those actors who, regardless of the movie he's in, he always gives it everything he's got.
3: He has the greatest line of dialogue in a kid's movie ever. Yeah, Which is just his character just thinking out of nowhere. Do you think God stays in heaven because he, too, is afraid of the creatures <laughs> yeah. that he's created of his
2: creations? I loved that line so much. That line was so good. I know. I, I, I
3: absolutely, I,
2: I get why he's saying it. It's just a crazy line of dialogue to
3: put in a kid's <laughs> well, movie. It's the
1: kind of magic that comes out when you're propped up on your bed.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the ideas are just flowing freely, just, and you're not. I just love the idea of Robert Rodriguez sitting up in bed one morning. He's got his coffee, and his. Oh, no, he doesn't even go and get coffee. Lap. He
1: stays in his bed.
3: Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> True. He's just saying. He's just sitting in his bed. He's typing, and then he looks out the window for a moment, and then turns back and writes that line. Yeah. Sometimes it's whole. Sometimes
1: you get a wholesale scene from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and sometimes you get like a stirring and sober like
3: (laughs) do you think god stays in heaven because he too too. is terrified of what he's created (laughs) oh my god
1: and he turns Uh. back and the spy kids are like whoa what (laughs) how are you doing
3: fellow kids oh so uh, (laughs) another
1: story of Real quick, I'm just obsessed with the story and I had to share it with both of you. So when when they are when they land in the volcano room, like that first scene with Steve Buscemi. Yeah. uh, Behind him, you see like cool, like Matt built sculpt rock formations. And Rodriguez is like, I'm not going to build four rock formations. I'll build (laughs) one rock formation and put it on wheels and just wheel it around the actors and put it behind them no matter the angle. Uh, Wow. That so is it's just, yeah. Oh you know, my God.
3: <laughs> God bless him. That's what I say.
1: <laughs> and he's like, if there had been a production designer, there would have been no fucking way we're doing that.
2: <laughs> but I mean, I'm. Oh, the production man.
3: <laughs> I can tell people to do whatever I want them to.
2: <laughs> that is some real high school theater level bullshit. Oh,
3: yeah. I love it. That's great. So, this is when we learn about his horrifying mini zoo. And horrifying hybrid mini zoo Yeah, in which he first he makes tiny zoo animals Mm -hmm. and then he makes he's like, well, that's not interesting enough. (laughs) Much like Jurassic World. I was going to say, After him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, this isn't good enough. This isn't impressive enough. I'm bored. (laughs) So he makes them all hybrids. We get a cat that looks a lot like my cat Cannoli. I was going to say.
1: What, What did Bethany think of that?
3: That was we were both horrified. Great, because uh, we were just like, "That's literally just her as a gold." This is weird.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Cat body, goldfish head. Yeah.
3: Everything is like that. It's just they're 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 not like the spider monkey? hybrids. Yeah, yeah. A slizzard. Is that is that is a spider monkey? I thought he was supposed to be a gorilla. Is what my so I was like I was writing gorilla spider. He, he definitely
1: looks more like a gorilla, but the pun doesn't work.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, he also called the flying. Spider kid, mon- the- Yeah, he also called the flying pig a pork, so... Or a spork. Oh, a spork. Spork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like
3: the names of all of the animals in this. I prefer the just, like, the straight hybrid names. But then the hybrid, the mini hybrid zoo isn't enough, so then he creates a growth serum. He's like, I'll just make them a little bigger, like petting zoo size. (laughs) But then he puts too much gets scared accidentally drops the whole vial into the entire hybrid zoo yeah. they all grow and he's like yep and then i vowed never again except i did make another hybrid zoo so that i could track the other the giant hybrids you know um, by pouring them <laughs> on a map
2: um, because that, that, <laughs> so. that's how animals work if there's one that's exactly the same their movements are identical
3: well, who knows how these animals work? He created them.
2: Yeah, that was a crazy... He's their yeah.
3: god, Sam. You can't <laughs> say how he cre- what he did when he created them.
2: Maybe he would understand them better if he left heaven, Scott. He
3: would. That's the moral of the movie, Sam. God needs to come back down
2: to Earth
1: <laughs> and be friends with us again like he was in the old days. Yeah, exactly. That's what we all want to do.
3: Perfect. So anyway... <laughs> We also, we th- in this next scene, we learn the horrifying uh, revelation that uh, Gregorio was the kid's dentist for a full year.
1: Remember when I tore their teeth out and replaced them with
3: <laughs> just tracking, tracking technology? <laughs>
1: so Sam and Scott, there's a fun visual joke where they're in this big, spacious submarine. But yeah. then later when the parents sneak aboard, the camera angle change and it's like Gregorio is stuck in the station wagon with his in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you better believe, you know, that wide shot of Carlo Gugino and Antonio Banderas where they're both in seats and they're driving. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez didn't build two seats. Oh, what? no. What? 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 I'm not going to build two chairs. I'll just. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I fucking love this man. I love him.
1: He shot them both on one chair and then just like spliced and composited it together.
3: I fucking love this man. Oh. Yeah, incredible!
2: <laughs> what a goddamn that's why champ!
1: That's why, if you watch it, Carla Georgina's hair has slipped to the wrong side.
3: Uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Absolutely I love everything incredible. about this. Wow. Um. So. <laughs> so anyway. So they start tracking the kids based off their tooth trackers. The grandparents show up. They're like, "Ah, we are following you, right? Because right. we don't trust that you're going to find our grandkids, because uh, they really don't like Gregorio. Mm-hmm. But they, but they do say, at least to his credit, we wouldn't like anyone that you would be dating. Just to be fair, right? Yeah, um, yeah. it doesn't. It's not just you. There's no one on the planet that we good would enough. is good enough for for our for our daughter, which is fair. Yeah. So then. <laughs> Junie and Carmen are like, hey, we can't get let them find us because if they find us, they'll be trapped on the island, and then you know, well, there will mm-hmm. be no one to like stop the giggles, Dad Donigan. And so they're like, okay, let's rip our teeth out. Yeah, in a scene that I'm just like, what? What? They're so casual about this. Are they like, are the teeth like barely in their mouths? Like, are they not?
1: Yeah, it it's weirdly the most unrealistic scene to me. Yeah of yeah they're just ripping each other's teeth out and it's like okay now that that's over there's no blood
3: no
2: and and it looks like Very a cartoon so... of a tooth and not what an actual molar looks like
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like children's dentist green
3: yeah yeah so they do that they smash the tracking devices but it turns out grandpa actually gave Junie a necklace that is also a tracking device mm-hmm. i lied to junie as well mm-hmm. So they uh they start tracking Junie with a the necklace. They never gave Carmen a necklace. So he's got he's got I, real <laughs> real old fashioned feelings about like real old fashioned gender politics in terms of I don't care what kid is girl more girl important. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: so <laughs> So anyway, so Junie and Carmen they walk over to a uh they they like go into like a temple that has a very real Aztec look to it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they realize that they can't talk inside the temple. They can only read mm-hmm. each other's thoughts, which mm-hmm. is a a weird thing that, like, doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Uh. So he was like,
1: I'm having trouble writing this scene. What if they just could understand each other's thoughts and they could just communicate directly? And, like, I could just save time on, like, they don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so, because you're right, it doesn't go anywhere. And because I think it seems like it was a result of, like, sprinting to the finish line yeah and like yeah because like yeah they don't uh spoilers they kind of it kind of comes back in the third one uh, of
3: that they can read each other's minds okay
1: but it it doesn't come back
2: in this movie when they have to
3: pilot a jaeger together yes
2: (laughs) absolutely it turns out they've been drift (laughs) compatible this whole time oh hell yeah honestly
3: honestly if pacific rim and spy kids turned out to be in the same universe i'd buy it
2: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) This, so this scene with them in the weird underground Aztec uh, 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 graveyard is the thing that I would take out of the movie because it has no mm-hmm. place there. It serves no purpose. But this yeah. is like mm. I would. Re- so if I were doing an ideal remake of this movie, I would replace all the skeletons in this whole thing with a colony of spider monkeys.
0: Mm. Oh,
1: like they've bred.
2: Yeah. A like they've bred and that way this is how Junie can make friends with it instead of just, oh, here's a granola bar and now you shall fight for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really like the skeletons and but I hundred percent think they're just in there because of Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. And like that's that's such a iconic Ray, Ray Harry House thing. But yeah, the idea, the cool it would be cool to bring back the spider monkeys. Or introduce them earlier yeah. to where it's like, You serve my little babies. Yeah.
3: yeah, it does it does. I mean, they're literally spinning in circles in this in this moment with uh mm-hmm. so that he he finds a jewel between two dead skeletons.
1: They died, they, they died yanking yeah, over. Dead <laughs> dead
3: skeletons as he talks as he as he responds like he, he Dead skeletons of them is dead skeletons as opposed to living ones. Which I, I guess turns out that there is a difference because we do meet them as living skeletons, but they become living yeah, skeletons. Yeah, but it is a yeah. weird thing for a kid to say.
2: Carmen <laughs> calls skeletons. him on it, though. In her defense, she's like, yeah, all skeletons are li- are dead.
0: Yeah,
3: dead skeletons. Yeah.
1: So The moments where they do snip at each other is even funnier to me because they don't do it, like, all the time. Yeah,
3: that's true. So he steals this jewel and then yep. they end up walking in circles because they take the right, they go right instead of left. And mm-hmm. uh, so they start over and as he goes back through the room, he's like, Maybe I shouldn't take this. And then they're like, "Wait, where's the dead skeletons?" <laughs> and then they go to the left, and then she's being attacked by the dead skeletons, who are now living skeletons. Yeah. The flying pig takes Carmen away, just randomly. It's just
1: out, 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 out of nowhere. I don't know where. Has
3: nothing to do with the jewel or the skeletons. Just doing his own thing, and that thing <laughs> is collecting human beings agenda. for its nest. <laughs> so. So it takes Carmen away, <laughs> and uh, Junie is like, "Here, sorry, Mr. Skeleton Man."s Gives them back their jewel, and they snatch out of his hand, and then like are just like, "Yeah, whatever," and then just like, <laughs> 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 "I like their whole attitude." I think they're fun. I like them. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: The the motion blur they removed from all the CG animation, and that helped achieve that real stop motiony look that you notice. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It, it looks it looks pretty good. I like I, I think yeah. for for what he was attempting to accomplish with this, I think he pulls it off pretty well. Honestly, I think the reason I think the reason this
1: ages better than stuff like the mummy returns with the scorpion. Yeah, King is he's going for a very stylized right. look right where it's like I don't want it to look like Jurassic Park. I don't want you to think these are real monsters. And I think that helps the movie age. Yeah. better.
3: I agree so so yeah so junie's like oh no what am i gonna do gertie's in there too right in the nest uh yeah yeah so so well well junie junie oh, right. is is that's oh, right. when he runs into the the gorilla spider and then throws <laughs> the granola bar at the gorilla spider and he's like oh that's cool i'm your friend now um <laughs> which is good
1: I, I would die for you carmen lands
3: in the nest next to gertie And she's like, oh, cool. We're both here. Shouldn't we leave? And then they look down and it's like, oh, we're really high up. And Gertie's like, yeah, yeah, Mm. I know. That's why I'm (laughs) just sitting here. So they talk about stuff. She mentions like, hey, just because your dad's bad doesn't mean you have to be. Um, And she's like, well, how do you know what's right? And she's like, you'll just know. And then she's like, oh, okay, cool. And then they the 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 flying pig comes back. And so they jump out of the nest and hit a parachute, and definitely do not break all of their legs. <laughs> so then they're they're like, "All right, let's get out of here. Our legs aren't broken, um, despite the fact <laughs> they absolutely should be." And then we learned that uh, Gary has made friends with the snake lizard, and lizard. and uh, and so it's, Dude, that's what he is at heart. It's snake lizard versus gorilla spider. And this is when Matt O'Leary is really like this is giving it the, the original Kong versus Godzilla. Yep, there we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know so so yeah so then that that happens gary wins and then and then doesn't because uh he like knocks this thing over on top of the gorilla spider the gorilla spider saves junie um but then he like recovers and then shoots spider webs at the snake lizard The yeah. which, which i don't know why lizard. that
2: seemed as gross as it was but it seemed real gross he shoots it out of his butt right yeah, yeah. Like spider yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like gross. Spider-Man should. <laughs> right, just like Spider
3: Man should. Spider Man should be flying everywhere with like that little like flap in the back of his butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> like a, Hang on, MJ. Like old
3: timey, like, like the like, old little pajamas. buttons, two
2: little yeah. buttons that he would <laughs> undo, and then like, yeah, whoop! All right, time to go. Wee.
3: Yeah, yep.
1: absolutely. There he goes, the most popular character in fiction. Uh, <laughs> and
3: then we get, and then we get the weird thing where Carmen punches Gary, and. Yeah. Th- Matt, uh, the actor, has the weirdest reaction to a punch in the face I've ever seen captured mm. on film. You can kind of tell
1: what he was trying to do, which is the like delayed reaction bit, right? But yeah, he doesn't.
3: It, it it's 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 muddy. Yeah, it doesn't work, and it really just feels like Robert Rodriguez is like, good enough. Let's move on. We gotta go. Yeah, already behind. like it, it feels like he did that in like one or two takes and thought that was enough, and then mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah, twelve well, more pages I to shoot I guess. today.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah uh, we get a we get a call back to the shiitake mushrooms joke right and calls him fu- a real
3: piece of shiitake mushroom. shi- mushrooms yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: it's kind of the most uh, sequel it's the most like sequel-y moment in the movie
2: I think and it's yeah. the moment I, I I really disliked it because that moment in, when I saw that mo- moment in the first movie I'd never heard of shiitake mushrooms and I was like this is the best joke that's ever existed and then, <laughs> yeah. when I watched it this time, I was yeah. like, oh, it's- they cut away from her, too. Even they're disappointed by this line. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's such a cool moment in the first one, because it feels like a-, a kid trying not to curse. And it feels honest. Yeah. Um, There's a moment, I think we missed it, where Junie is calling the president's daughter to leave her a message. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the time is, oh, I forgot my watch doesn't tell time. And it's like the most real acting. Yeah. Of like a kid calling his crush. And it was so cute. Yeah. It is. Yeah,
2: it I is I liked good.
3: it. Her watching the video is really cute too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a fun little subplot.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: enjoy their dynamic.
3: So anyway, so they make it to the top. They find the transmooker device, the real one, the big one, um, the <laughs> one that's protecting the island or whatever. And uh, <laughs> they they bust it out. Donigan shows up. He's he he flies there in his little mini shitty helicopter, yeah. which is real dumb. And he's like, "Give me the transmooker," and then Carmen throws it at a. Uh, Passing flying pig, knowing that the flying mm. pig is going to take it to the nest. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, but of course Gertie knows that too, and it was like, "I'll take you to it." So then they yeah. they leave to go do deal with that. Why are we walking? We have flying shoes, and they're like, "Great point." And then they just go. Yeah.
1: Now that now that the, the transmooker has been turned off, or their their
3: their gadgets working. Yeah, it. yeah. So they get to like Cause cause show. Now off. they've earned it. Yeah.
2: And, well, we skipped over them turning off the transmooker device with the. Uh, uh, uncle machete's patented rubber band
3: right right yeah right right there's the payoff of that um and then also just for funsies she like flips the she flips it at the transmooker and like catches it in the like there's no mm-hmm. need to yeah. do that she could have just reached down and grabbed it but she style points Yeah, style points for sure the whole gadgets no gadgets gadgets thing i think also would have been improved with a spy school storyline instead because mm. it could be a thing where they're not allowed to, like, much like Hogwarts, you're not allowed to use right. magic outside of Hogwarts. You're not allowed to use spy gadgets outside of spy school.
1: Boom. Hell you yeah. know? and it's, it's, it's like, because
3: you need to learn the base stuff in order to, like, get to the gadgets and use them better. And then, like, you go through this whole mission where they don't they're not allowed to use spy and they're like god we're finally on a real spy mission and we can't even use the gadgets which is the whole reason we wanted to go on a real spy mission and then we might as well be back at school yeah and then yeah yeah see it's the arc would have been stronger one more draft mm-hmm. robert one more draft yeah, i know I hated, you didn't no have time. No time i get it i know <laughs> the, i know the kids are waking up i got i know it. <laughs> i know you had no time it's okay i i know considering everything this movie's great honestly <laughs> sure the more you hear yeah it. so they get the transmooker. they go to like a secret tent hideout thing that they can like toss on the ground and build instantly mm-hmm. which is the spy kids way and uh <laughs> they get a family reunion where the grandparents show up and then their parents show up and it's a whole family reunion they're like oh yeah. no you stupid idiots weren't supposed to save us and he's like oh i get it you don't want poppy around <laughs> <or something." laughs> yeah. They could have they could have made that a little stronger. That 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 arc they could have made a little stronger. So there's where the whole family pulls out those stupid weapons that we're never gonna find yep. out what they do. I'm gonna uh, call them the swoopers.
2: Because
3: Dario yeah. turns them off might be with, what the, they're called. with the transmooker. And then we find out that uh so so the transmooker breaks, right? Or no, that hasn't yeah. happened yet. So Gregorio and oh yeah, yeah so so yeah. Gregorio and and him they they like fight and we learn that like yeah. apparently Gregorio can't fight for shit like he's like <laughs> what is surprise what, what is happening here like i was i was yeah i was i was watching this and i was just like wait so he can't fight what kind of spy the is mo- he
1: the movie seems committed to the bit for better or worse that like they really want the parents to always be like goofy and kind of taking the the piss out of them yeah and like, I yeah, it's like a funny fight in the moment because it's like the kids are yelling like, do this. And then they both do it. Right. That was
2: not my read of the fight. My read of the fight is that it was a continuation of what had been happening in the sub of Gregorio had all this agency. He's like, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to go th- and I'm going to find. But he just got so beaten down by everyone around him just telling him what to do that. That's just the mode he was in. OK. So even when they got to the fight. Got like, it. He was just basically their Pokemon, and they were shouting moves at him, and it was the only thing he was capable of doing at that point.
3: Mm. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban even yells out "headbutt," right?
2: Yeah. Turns
3: out, Gertie fucked up the Transmooker. Um, it blow It like kind of like disintegrates mm-hmm. in his hands. And she was like, "Wait, wait till I tell mom that you try to take over the world again." They're all t- together, and they fly off together, and that's that's it. That's the end of the movie. Except, yep. The credits, the 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 movie plays through the, the entire credits. We get we get a performance, we get bloopers, and then we get a post-credit scene, which is yes. Yes. kind of crazy. And it
2: so, is the it one, is the spy of the month being replaced with now a dog of the month or something. That's what we're talking about.
3: I
1: assume it's Robert Rodriguez's dog or one of the crew people's dogs. Yeah. It just seems like that kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. So one last story for today, kids. Okay. Uh you may remember. A few minutes ago, I mentioned that uh, Robert Rodriguez wrote the floop song himself The floop sang. Right. So after the movie comes out, uh, Mir- Dimension calls up Robert Rodriguez and it's like, hey, we think the first Spy Kids was a big enough hit to where we could get like a 2000s pop star or a teen like Disney star to do a single for the movie and have like a music video attached to it, like that whole deal. Uh-huh. And Rodriguez was like, I don't know, like... The whole movie has had such a family movie, everything coming together, everyone working together m- mindset. It would be weird to have like a pop song written by a, a lab in Denmark attached to my movie. He was like, "Well, can I write the song myself?" And they were like, "Buddy, it's thirty five million dollars. You could do whatever the hell you want." You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Cool. That's that's why I do what I do." And so he's <laughs> like, "Ah." I was like, oh, well, I really like developing the floop song. So he was like messing on the floop song in his like pro tools, I guess, while the kids were asleep. And he was like, oh, this kind of works as like a, a little pop song. And he was like, oh, well, why get a friggin some Disney star who doesn't know about the movie or I don't know when I could get Alexa Vega? Because like apparently Alexa Vega would like like a lot of girls would like belt and sing Mariah Carey like on set and like at sure. talent talent shows they would do. Yeah. (laughs) And so he calls up Alexa Vega and he's like, Hey, just literally sing something at me right now. And she's like, "Eh." and like belts, like a Mariah Carey. And she's like, okay, good enough. And so she's like,
3: I don't know what that call
1: was about. (laughs) (laughs) And and so, yeah, you know, like, uh, so that was her. Apparently she like did the choreography. Um, The crew, apparently a a lot of the troublemaker crew was like, I used to like Van Halen. I used to work at rock shows. I used to shoot videos. So they all got to bring back these old tricks. That they like, oh, like I have this equipment in my. We could use it to look like it's really like a concert venue. Robert Rodriguez taught Daryl Sabara how to like do those guitar licks, and like he made him watch like Sammy Hagar, Carlos Santana videos to like yeah. learn how to. And so, yeah, that's the story behind the uh, the Isle of Dreams music video.
3: Ah, the the Isle of Dreams like music video is so funny too because it's like. Uh, number one, if you had told me that, like, and then like Carlos Santana came in and did the <laughs> the guitar riff, I would yeah. have believed you because it sounds like like smooth of, or something. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I I, I love Junie like dressed up like the the guy from ACDC. Mm-hmm. I think that's funny. But it a is, year before School of Rock. Yeah, but the little arc of of the scene is that like Uncle Uncle uh, machete. machete is like. Hey, I made like the pop
1: star device. You can, yeah, I made this yeah. pop
3: star device. Like, you guys can go out there, and Judy, you'll be able to play guitar, and 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 Carmen, you'll be able to sing and perform and dance, and it'll be great. That's what they want from you for some reason. This crowd of people who are chanting your name. Um, so go out there and do it. And so then they do it. And at one point, he like changes the pop star device to Spanish, and she mm. starts singing Spanish. But then when they get off stage, he's just like. I forgot to put batteries in this thing. And I'm like, wait, so is he lying to them to make them like feel better about like, you're absolutely right. That has to be it. Yeah. Right. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Well, because even that doesn't changes make sense. the language. Cause
2: that, that doesn't make sense either because it, when she puts on the headset, she's literally putting it on while saying, I can't sing. And it just like, like it, right. It happens mid sentence yeah. and she's not consciously right. trying
1: yeah unless it's just like folie a dude like this shared lie that all three of them are just like none of them want to call it out yeah yeah Uh, yeah. but yeah you're right yeah
3: a little strange so then we get some fun bloopers and then at the very end the post-credit scene we get bill paxton returning this time coming to the island of lost dreams and talking to steve buscemi and being like so i hear you got some crazy creatures around here (laughs) Uh, let's build a theme park I don't have
1: to tell either of you that uh, Steve Buscemi and Bill Paxson were never in the same room together for this special mm. for this tag. Gasp. Um, <laughs> yeah. have they done a movie? Did they ever do a movie together? God, I feel like they'd have to right? in the 90s. Yeah, They're at some point you would all think. over the place. But I don't know. But so it is. Spike gets to the Island of Lost Dreams. There ain't another like
0: it.
3: <laughs> no? There sure ain't. Yeah, but you know, I thought I would be getting to the point now where I would be dreading watching the third one, and I'm not. Yeah, so, how are you feeling going into part 3? Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I want to know what they do cuz it's like, I don't know, it's cool. They did like yeah. a kids show. This time they did like theme parks and zoos. That's fun. Yeah. And like next one I know is a video game, so like mm-hmm. You know.
1: I'm this made me re made me reevaluate cuz like yeah, I I now think three is going to be the big transition from like no sets, all green screen, right? Because I was surprised at how much the locations and sets even this one had compared to like, that's what, true. My, what my memory of it was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sam, what, what are your what are your final thoughts on Spy Kids to the Island of Lost Dreams?
2: I think it, this just recording this podcast episode like did exactly what I was hoping it would. Like I kind of enjoyed the movie <laughs> when I was watching it. But, like, now that I'm learning all this other stuff about it, I kind of love this movie even more. And I just think it's great and amazing. <laughs> and it's yeah. a miracle that it works as well as it does. I I think we kind of look at a lot of, uh, like, we look at things as separate, as, like, kids' movies and adult movies. Or, like, now we're kind of looking at family entertainment. But I think this was really just mm-hmm. a kid's movie. And as a kid, this was 100% my shit. I love this. And I think... Like, just watching it, I'm like, oh, yeah, a kid would love this. This is amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, for better or worse, it has the attention span of a child where you, you know, if you're watching it at 11, you're like, this is amazing. But then, yeah, like, as an adult, you're like, wait, what is the OSS Junior? Yeah. Why is this happening the way that it is? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is this is Lake Travis. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I, I thought a lot about the X-Men movies and how a lot of those movies or big movies in general can feel really impersonal and like they were made by committee and this is like you know kind of a bigger a studio summer movie but it has such warmth and personality and a heart to it and you could tell that the people have making it had a lot more fun making it than maybe a bunch of people strung together on a gig to make a summer tent pole that year you know so yeah we'll be back next week with spy kids 3 again i'm so excited for Scott to see it and to hear what he thinks um, I'm gonna be thinking about Spy Kids, Spy Academy for the rest of the run, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh
3: well. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's <laughs> there's always a chance. I you know, I I, I feel like you could reboot Spy Kids.
2: It's been on my list of movies to remake for a really long time. And yeah. when the opportunity came to vote for it for this podcast, I was like, well, it's got to be somewhere. Let's do yeah. it here.
3: <laughs> uh, you know, something else I thought of while watching this, too, was like, I was just surprised that there's never been a Spy Kids animated series, like a cartoon. Absolutely, yeah. There Spy Kids some... Saturday morning cartoon just feels like it writes itself. <laughs> I can't Absolutely. believe, yeah,
1: with the We Can Be Heroes movie on Netflix being such a hit like yeah yeah, just like with their you know like with the jurassic park animated series yeah just money in the barrel man there was some really fun uh spy kids mini comics that i used to read in disney adventure magazine that i really liked the aesthetic and style of that
3: yeah Yeah, Yeah.
1: second but yeah absolutely should be a spy kids animated series
3: yeah anyway all right well next week spy kids 3d game over yep sam plug Ideal Remake. We've sort of plugged it half, half-assedly. half uh, <laughs> Ideal out.
2: Remake. It's a podcast where we take movies that have been, will be, or should be remade, and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. It's basically pitching mm-hmm. new versions of older movies or movies that didn't quite work, and figuring out ways to fix them and making them fun, and then mm-hmm. dreamcasting them. Uh, yeah. If you want to know more, it's part of the Dueling Genre Network. You can always find it there, or find us on all your favorite podcatchers, or all of that. Ideal Remake. It's a podcast that you will love. If you like, if you like franchisography, you'll like Ideal Remake.
3: You're listening to this in October in which I am taking over as, as guest host Ah. of Ideal Remake, uh, to talk about, uh, some horror things, um, horror, horror remakes. That's right. So, uh, and Nick is going to be on one. So it's literally just going to be this, the three of us doing an Ideal Remake episode. Um, and then and then we have another one as well. I don't know which one has released or which one will release still this month, but um, this is October. So that's I really going. enjoyed. Uh, if you like listening to
1: uh, to to a, a regular episode, I really enjoyed the uh, Father of the Bride episode
3: that Sam and Scott did a few weeks back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that you, was Nick. super fun. I was determined good. to write that script
2: for and, sure, and you should. <laughs> it is. It's got your name all over it.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you're li- if you're listening and it, to and it uh, really will once I write it. <laughs> yeah,
2: it, 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 I, I will watch your movie because you're going to do an amazing yeah. job.
3: Thank you. Um. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh. Become a Patreon supporter if you want. Theonlygenre slash support. We appreciate everyone who does that. Yeah. Um. Nick and I do uh, the franchise potential episodes. We just did daredevil i'm sure we're doing something uh at the end of this miniseries we're not sure what yet we, gotta we got to decide that still yeah we definitely got options um and also uh what, what, what else uh oh and nick and i uh talked about the amazing spider-man on uh on the patreon um for uh reasons so that'll basically <laughs> be a low-key franchisography episode right um so check that out as well that's that's all on the dueling genre um uh, Dueling Genre Patreon. That's duelinggenre.com slash support. For as little as $3 a month, um, you'll get one podcast a week, one bonus podcast. For $5 a month, you'll get three bonus podcasts a week. That's a lot of podcasts. Um, so, check that out. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week This Fight with 3D. Bye-bye. Bye.